Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tools of Songwriting. Tools of Songwriting is a website and podcast geared towards giving people tools that they need to express themselves through writing their own music. I'm your host, Todd Murray. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. I'm here with Richmond, Virginia musician Mackenzie Rourke. Mackenzie has a really cool country sound in the vein of songwriters that I've always admired, like Lucinda Williams, Gillian Welch, Whiskey Town, Bob Dylan, Towns Van Zant, and classic singers like Patsy Cline and Hank Williams. She's part of Vocal Rest Records, and that's based here in Richmond. She recently released her album, Rolling High, Feeling Low, and it's available pretty much everywhere, everywhere that you can stream music. You can check her out on her website, Mackenzie Rourke. That's R-O-A-R-K.com. How's it going, Mackenzie? Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. We just pretend like we haven't been talking for 15 minutes before that. So, yeah, uh, how did you get started playing music? Um, How did I get started playing music? So, let's see. I got started back when I was pretty young. Um, what happened was, is my uncle gave my brother a guitar for his birthday, an acoustic guitar. And, uh, I think my brother played with it for like a short amount of time and then it kind of sat there. And then I kind of took interest in the guitar and was kind of like, it'd be cool to know how to play this. And, I have a memory of like going to some sort of guitar shop for some reason with my parents and like, it was like a, you know, like a, just like music store or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it had like a bunch of guitars on the wall and there was like a pink, you know, bubblegum pink electric guitar. And I was like in fourth or fifth grade. And so I saw that and was like my little like pink glittery heart just like lit up. And I was like, I want that. And like told my parents, I'm like, I want that guitar. And they're like, well, you have to learn how to play acoustic guitar first. If mm. like before you can like, before we're going to get you an electric guitar, you little fifth grade, like <laughs> child who doesn't know anything. Yeah. Um. So I was like, okay. So I started taking guitar lessons. So that's, that's like kind of how I got into like playing guitar. Yeah. Um. And then simultaneously was like learning that I could sing was kind of getting into musical theater, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah. And so like middle high school, it just kind of like grew from there, but that was like the, the very beginning roots of like me getting into performing. That's cool. How do, how did you switch to what you do now? Like when was that vibe <sighs> switch? Like what I do now in terms of, uh, like stylistically, stylistically. Well, I guess like, I guess in college, I started playing a little more seriously and started playing with a friend of mine. I was, I was always really like shy about playing live and like would kind of mm-hmm. write songs, but like never showed them to anyone, you yeah. know, like they were terrible. I'm glad I didn't show them to anyone. Um, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, I was kind of like a little band with my, two of my friends in college, but we just did like covers and like folksy stuff and like we were doing like bob dylan and like uh like laura marling and yeah. like uh like first aid kit that band like we yeah. did we did like a bunch of kind of like folksy stuff and then i was kind of trying to like push some of the older stuff and uh i don't know so for a while we were kind of like folk duo or whatever um and then i kind of took like a bit of a country turn Sometime and it was like late college, like my senior year of college, I discovered Towns Van Zandt. Yeah. And so like started getting into all the old country guys and then like my music, like what I was listening to, like really changed. Yeah. Then. And then what I was writing kind of changed and what I was trying to write kind of like changed. That's so cool. that's kind of like how I got into like, like the country ish, you know, vibe or whatever that I have. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I know that like. I, I think like Gillian Welch is from like California or something like that, isn't oh, really? she? Yeah, it's always in or like uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival is. I thought they were from Louisiana, like they grew mm-hmm. up in the water or something, and yeah. they're from like Berkeley, California or something, something yeah. like that. Um, who are some of your biggest influences starting out? Um, biggest influences starting out, like starting out. Uh, I, I mean, I guess like just coming like into like developing a music taste from a from an early age like i you know i grew up like listening to the oldie station like exclusively and basically like that's really. that's what i was into that was my shit like <laughs> i the local station was oldies 107.3 and that was the only thing i would listen to i like had it like on in my room and my little like boombox thing 
and it would play all night. And um, so, yeah, I really I really liked old oldies and like classic rock and like all of that. Yeah. And like this, I was really, you know, when I was like in 10th, 11th grade, I was like super into like the 60s, you know, like I like was one of those kids. Yeah. Um, And so like I got into so how did it happen? Oh, I had an MP3 player. And my brother was helping me get songs on my MP3 player. And he knew a lot more music than I did. And so he had all this stuff. And so he had like the Dylan discography. And so he just like put that on my MP3 player. Oh, that's cool. Which couldn't even really be controlled. I think it was just like shuffle. <laughs> and so like, so I would come upon these like Dylan songs, like mixed in with all my other random, like, yeah. you know, 60s, whatever I was listening to, 60s, 70s, 80s, like pop hits or whatever. These like Dylan songs would come in and I'd listen to them and I would just be like, it's so different. Like, yeah. it's so like, there's so much more here that I'm hearing than in other songs and other types of music. Yeah. So Dylan, so all that to say my, my first, like my earliest influence was Bob Dylan, like in terms of just being inspired by music, inspired by lyrics and insp- yeah. like wanting to do that and wanting to like create something like that. Like hearing Bob Dylan was like a huge game changer for me when I was, you know, 16 and like just trying to look for something of substance in the world for me to like, you know, I don't know, get into. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Dylan. And then, uh, from there, like I, you know, I got into some of these, like, you know, I, I love a, I love a songwriter. So like Leonard Cohen is my other, uh, very, you know, is like my kind of idol, I guess. And then, and then Towns Van Zandt would be like my other one. And the line, I'm inspired by all sorts of music now, but uh, yeah, those yeah. are those are three like major ones. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't really have an. I wish that I had. Was it an older brother? Yeah. Yeah, I wish that I had an older brother to show me like cool <laughs> things. I had a guy who was more, smarter than me and my grade though, and he would always let me borrow albums and he let me borrow Blood on the Tracks. Oh yeah, Blood on the Tracks was my first like album album yeah. too. Like in terms of Bob Dylan. Yeah, I remember putting that in and being like, whoa, yeah. something's different about this. Oh, man. Which I... is a good one to, to start with. Oh, totally. That's the one that got me hooked for sure and like tangled up in blue and like he mentions that her hair is red and I was like, oh my God. That's me. I feel so seen. <laughs> he loves me. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's all right. No, I, I... Yeah, you notice like not that that's corny or anything, but you notice that stuff about yourself. Like, I grew up loving uh, Dead Poet Society, mm-hmm. and I've like loved Ethan Hawke ever since then. I was, and then just this year, I figured out that like the the name of the person that he played in Dead Poet Society was Todd. Like, like the, oh <laughs> oh, I feel so seen. Of yeah, course, because yeah, yeah. well, you didn't realize that before. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> Back then, I was just this is a great movie. I'm touched by this movie. I'm like, well, you're touched because it's the same name, you dummy. Um. Yeah. Anyways, uh, can you run me through a process for writing songs? My process for writing songs. Um, <clears throat> what is my process? I think I, I think I like collect lines. You know, just kind of throughout my day, throughout my life. I I like kind of have like a you know. I always have a notebook kind of near me, and I have like a notes thing on my phone, and I just. Oh, yeah. I just kind of like write down things like constantly and it's kind of like either I'll come back to it later and I'll be like, that's good. Like Mm -hmm. maybe I can use it for something or I'll just be like, okay, that was a random thought that like doesn't need to be shared with anyone. (laughs) Like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, I, I kind of just like keep track of, of the things that I'm thinking. Um, if I think it's something worth, you know, putting down. So I, I kind of do that. And then, um, I don't, I I don't know. I kind of like, I've become much more disciplined with songwriting like lately, like probably past like eight months or so I've, you know, since putting out my album and then like post that and like working on a second album now, I'm just like, I want, I, I, I want to write more songs. You know, I went through like a a period of time where I I didn't really write a whole lot. And now I feel like really creatively inspired by a lot of things. So I don't know every, every night that I can, you know, that I don't have something going on. I just like, sit at home and like uh you know drink and do drugs and write you know yeah. like and like I just that's what I do and like so I don't know I'll write I'll I'll just I'm just kind of constantly working on something and usually I have like 
five, six songs that I'm working yeah. on, you know? And it's like, I kind of will be like, all right, like which one am I like drawn to tonight to like try to see if I can like further it, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. And some nights are like, all right, I got nowhere really tonight, but like, you know, I played and I sang and I, you know, it wasn't for nothing, but yeah. I wasn't really able to come up with anything tonight, but like, that's okay. Cause that's not going to happen. Like every single time you sit down to write. Um, and for me, like, I can't really force, I, I don't know. I can force myself to finish something, but, uh, I can't force it to feel like the song. It's hard for me to like declare a song done. I think, I think is my problem because I'll be like, okay, yes, it has the right amount of verses. It has the right structure, has like the things it needs, but I'm always like, but is it like good enough? Like, is (laughs) it like, if I had a different line here, would it be better? You know? And so like, I, I'm like kind of always hanging out there, like, you know, in terms of like, you know, having done songs. Um, So I don't really know if that's a writing process. Like, I don't really know if that's an answer to that, but that's kind of what I do. (laughs) I think it is. I'd like to have a couple, probably like three songs at the same time happening. It's like if if you get too hyper-focused on the one, you like kill it almost. Totally. Yeah. You suffocate it. It's like, yeah, I don't like this anymore. And then you'll go back to it. You'll go back to the other one that you haven't been paying attention to be like, it'll just come together real quickly, which is strange. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that happens though. I think, I think they probably all like exist for a reason and you can go back to it. Some songs I'll go back to like three years later and it'll be yeah. like, oh, this is what, this is the puzzle piece that was missing. What was I thinking back then? It's like, you're too, too close to it or something. Totally. I've, yeah. I've definitely done that with songs too. Like, and it's like. And then it's like you're able to bring a new, like a new perspective to an old song. And it's like, oh yeah, I couldn't have finished it then because I hadn't experienced this thing yet. And like, I needed to experience that, like to finish this specific song or to think of, you know, this line or whatever, like the thing that needs to go here. Yeah. It's like you're, the character of that song didn't, hadn't learned all its lessons yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of, kind of sounds like you're like a lyrics first potentially person. Um, actually, no. Um, I really can't write lyrics unless I know what the metering is going to be. So I have to have some sort of vague idea. So like, usually what I'll do is like, like, it'll kind of start with like, just a line, like Mm -hmm. either it's a line in a verse or a line like in a chorus. It's just something kind of like to anchor me to, to a song. And the the line will have some way that I'm like, Oh, it has to be sung this way. Cause that's the best way for this line to be sung. And then I kind of like build out from there. And so from there I'll be like, okay, let's figure out some sort of melody that I can like start to use mm-hmm. to write the words, you know? Um, and it'll be like, and it, but in a way the words will already exist because I'll already have this whole backlog of like stuff I've been writing about, you know, if, especially if it's like, okay, I'm trying to write a song about this specific subject, topic, like experience, whatever. I'll already have a ton of like things written down about mm. it. So I'll kind of like go mining in like my, you know, whatever I wrote about last week and be like, Ooh, is there anything in here that would like fit with this like new idea for this song? And like, now that I have kind of like a vague melody, like anything that'll fit. So I don't know. It's music and lyrics are kind of happening at the same time. I don't know. I, yeah. I Sometimes, you know, lyric, like something will come to me and it'll be like, oh, words first. Okay. Like, let me, let me figure out the, like the, the tune to this or whatever. Um, but a lot of times the, the, like some sort of melody will come to me first. That's cool. Yeah. So do you have songs that come like really fast or is it more like I have all this, this little bag of lyrics here. I have the music here that I mess like, do you feel like they come like the spurts of information like, uh, or inspiration, like, uh, here's a song I just wrote in 10 minutes. That rarely happens. I okay. mean, like it, I have written songs kind of in one sitting. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, maybe there's been two yeah. songs I've written in one setting, but even those songs have been revised and changed. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I, I can't just like, like do a song in, in 10 minutes. Like that's yeah. like insane to me. And honestly, yeah. like people who do that, I'm just like, I'm just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I believe them. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> 
So yeah, I what was your what was your original question? I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, just to see see if the fast writing kind of happens. I think it, maybe one song from my upcoming album was like that, and it really wasn't. Like you said, yeah. like a bulk of it was, and that was exciting. But then later you have to go back as like an editor and yeah, exactly, and be like, okay, now it's like you know you had this like burst of creative energy. Yeah, we got to go like manicure it a little yeah. bit and like make it work i mean sometimes i do love when like an idea for a song and like the general like what i'm trying to convey mm-hmm. co- like is very clear because a lot of times that isn't very clear for me yeah. like like what is this song about i have all these like lines and all these things that i'm like kind of trying to say but what does it all mean together collectively and like yeah. like that's something that i kind of struggle with sometimes so when like an idea for a song is like oh it's gonna be a song about this mm-hmm. like specific thing um sometimes that is very helpful and then i can kind of write it out like relatively yeah that gives it I, like the speed yeah <laughs> it brings up like oh this is something i don't usually get you know what i mean yeah, that much yeah. information is not yeah i can relate to that yeah cool uh let's talk about sweet thing oh yeah um i don't know i really like the empty cans line <laughs> I'll, pr- I'll play the song in the podcast. Okay. With the, well, first, before I tell you that line, why um, don't you tell me about, about that song, where that song came about? Yeah. So this song came about, uh, I wrote it last Valentine's Day. And wow. it was kind of like, um, it was just, I, I, there was some shit going on in my <laughs> life. And I like, can't like get into the specifics of it. But, um, cause I don't know who's going to listen to this. Um, yeah, that's fine. But like, yeah, there there was some shit going on in my life and basically sweet thing that actually came pretty pretty quickly. Like I don't know how or why, but like whatever I was like feeling that day, it was like pretty strong and sweet thing just sort of appeared. Um but I yeah, I wrote it about like, you know, when you're kind of on like the the very tail end of a relationship and like everything has fallen apart and you know that like there's nothing less left to save. But you know, when you're fresh out of something like that, like you, it's lonely and mm-hmm. it's hard to like, it's hard to be alone. And so sometimes like what we do is we go back to that person Yeah. and it's like, I know that like, you know, we're not together anymore or whatever, but like you're a source of comfort for me, yeah. you know? Um, and let's just kind of like not talk about, you know, all, all the problems and all the things like, let's just like, like just be with me, you know, like, yeah. cause we are so scared of being alone. Um, so I don't know. It's, it was, it's kind of about that. And like, yeah. um, yeah, the, the line, the empty cans and every kind of bill turning into little mountains on your window. So like, I, I kind of like envisioned like, uh, somebody's like, dingy apartment like specifically like a like the man dingy mm-hmm. apartment like that I've, I've seen many many a times of like the beer cans everywhere and the trash and the mail and like whatever but then also my house kind of like turned into that for like a little bit and i just yeah. had like mail piled up like on you know all of my um like not windowsills but like my like uh heater things my radiators yeah um I don't know. So that's kind of where that line came from. I like that line. And it's just kind of like, yeah, like you're depressed. Like, you know, like your house is like closing in around you with all the trash. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah. I think my wife has taught me that like cleanliness is comforting. Mm -hmm. I don't think I really, I mean, my room is not the cleanest room in the world, but, but like the rest of the house is. Oh yeah. Your house is very clean. (laughs) Actually, I think this room is very clean. It smells nice. It's uh, (laughs) a, it's controlled chaos, I think. Yeah. Empty cans and every kind of bill Are turning into little mountains on your windowsill Remember how it felt to love me still I wonder if you can You can throw me Yeah, just I, I can relate to like just the chaos of messiness and like 
but I, I like the imagery there. I don't know. You know, I'm not a smart man, but it's like, uh, I don't know if that's a metaphor. Do you know what I'm saying? When you compare one thing to another like that mm-hmm. in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, that's, a, that's a metaphor. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> English major over here. Oh, cool. Well, I can ask you questions about that. Then. Yeah. Um, Oh, the instrumental bridge I liked on that song. How'd that come about? Oh, yeah. So I didn't write that. That was, uh, so, you know, Trey Hall? No. Okay. He, he's, uh, he produced my album. He's like, okay. uh, have you heard of Vocal Rest? The, yeah. Okay. So he's the one that like started that. So um, anyways, he, he produced this album. And so he, that was his idea. He's like, what if we did That's this cool. like arpeggio thing? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I'm not like very musically trained or anything but he 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 like just knows he just knows his shit so he's like let's do this and so he he wrote that whole part and like that's cool uh yeah like coached the fiddle player on like what to do and everything so yeah it came out cool i'm really glad that he made that addition yeah that's cool so vocal rest records is the label that you're on or it's like a collective yeah what would you call it yeah and it's run by a guy who kind of lost his voice right yeah that's a crazy story yeah and uh and now he just kind of helps other artists out. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, he's he's done all sorts of cool stuff. He puts on, you know, he organizes a lot of shows, you know, with with all of us different artists on Vocal Rest. Um, did Vocal Rest Fest last year. Like, we all played. It was really fun. And then, yeah, he's helping people produce their albums, EPs, you know, singles, whatever. Um, yeah, it's a cool, I mean... That's not the route some people would take after losing their voice. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's cool that he's kind of helping people out now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. I like that. All right. Uh, and Wasting Away. This is a quick question. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to do better by not tonight? Is that a Gillian Welch reference? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, it's really not. I didn't like, like, I do like Gillian Welch, but yeah. like, she's not like a, like, she's not even in my top, like, 20. Really? Yeah crazy um i do like her and i and i'm like when you pointed that out i was like oh shit yeah kind of same <laughs> kind of same but you know whatever she's not the only person to experience that uh oh, you know no. want, desire to do better generally in life but it's like but not tonight yeah. <laughs> like i'll start tomorrow being a better yeah. person um but yeah same same sentiment for sure it ain't easy and it don't feel right you want to do better but not tonight the ashtray overflows with the day's regret you know you taste like smoke and blood shining like a diamond dragged through the mud you don't want to wash away the day quiet and it's all Well, no, I think that they, she definitely borrows, she borrows from like really obscure references mm-hmm. and then I'll hear them later on like a PBS special about folk artists from the twenties or something oh. like that. Like, oh, that's a, that's a Gillian Welch line. She just stole, not that you stole, but that's yeah, yeah, just yeah. her borrowing is, yeah, she does every, everybody does it. Yeah, I think. To- oh yeah, totally. It's inevitable. Little pills. I, I love that song. Oh, thanks. Um, what can you tell me about writing that to <laughs> So this is an older song. I wrote it, um, I wrote it in 2017. So, which was like a very big year for me. And I actually wrote, that's when I wrote drunk again. I wrote, uh, the song that I recorded with pistol sister cigarettes and TV dinners. Also at that time, it was like, I, I was very creative during that time because I was going through my first divorce. Mm. So that was like, uh, just wild and crazy year for me because I got married and then divorced like shortly after and I was 24 and I didn't know what I was doing. I just (laughs) felt like I was drowning and uh, the world was closing in around me and Little Pills was like basically, you know, as a 24-year-old, you know, woman, I... I didn't have the best handle on my emotions and I don't think I dealt with things 
in the best way that I could, obviously. Like it, like any 24-year-old. It's like, yeah. you know, you're still learning how to deal with situations and, and react <clears throat> in relationships. And, you know, so I, I had mood swings. I had all sorts of, I was, you know, a nightmare in a lot of ways um, to the people closest to me. So my, uh, you know, I, I, I married my first husband and then like very quickly was like, yeah, I don't want to be married. And his reaction to that, I, well, he had... Uh, you know, varied reaction to that. But one of the things that he pointed out to me was like, well, you need to get on medication because like you are like not okay, basically. And I was like, huh, maybe, you know, and I I didn't know. And, uh, you know, and so then my mom, so then, so that's kind of what the first verse is about is kind of about him and, you know, saying I need to get on little pills. And then the chorus is like, you know, um, but I'm just one drink away from moving out. So it's kind of about like using like alcohol to like move on from something instead of like getting like legitimate help. (laughs) Um, And then the second verse is, is kind of about like the church. And like, I wrote that because my, so right around the time I was getting divorced um, or, or like separated and like all of that was falling apart. My, uh, mom and I had this talk and like, she like kind of confronted me about like how I don't go to church anymore. And like Mm -hmm. how she's like, you know, worried about like my walk with Christ and like my faith and like all of these things. And at this point, like, you know, dealing with like my own faith and my own deconstruction has been a huge, like a huge part of like my life's journey. And I didn't know how to like explain to her then like what I believed at that time. But she, she wanted to know, she's like, do you even believe in God anymore? Like it was like so intense and like, (laughs) it was so intense and her, she also was like, you need to get on like medication, you know? Was this like at the same time as the oh, other yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was a, it was <laughs> like a real crazy year for me. And so, which is why I was writing a lot. Cause it was, there was just like a lot going on. And so, so the second verse is kind of about, is about church and like my relationship with church. And like, you know, I have a lot to say about all of that. Um, you know, that little, verse or you know doesn't can't can't possibly like contain it all but um yeah that's that's kind of what that song is about yeah no i i can relate to a little bit of that there well just like church in general i mean the the lyric is you want to say the lyric um what what is it and if i land on jesus christ oh yeah uh, i guess the church is pretty and the people sure are nice like yeah i don't really know what i believe either but where else is that support system at (laughs) like such nice people Mm-hmm. Um, somebody, people that are there for you, but then I feel bad cause I don't, I would feel like a fraud if I like went there mm-hmm. not believing anything. Like I'm just here for the buddies. Right. You know right, I mean? like, right. Like the pals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there are other ways to find community, you know, and, and yeah. I grew up in church and knowing that is like a huge part, like a huge you know, the church friends, the church, the church is such a, is such a strong community and such a, has been such a strong force in my life. Um, that I didn't really write it, meaning it that way is kind of more a little, not tongue in cheek, but that line is kind of like, you know, I've been searching high and low. What it is I'm searching for, man, I don't even know. And if I land on Jesus Christ, like, okay, if, I come back around and I land here and this is like, this ends up being the answer to the thing that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Then like, you know, fine. I guess the church is pretty and you know, people sure are nice, which is true. Everyone at church is so nice, (laughs) you know, who's not going to be nice to you when they're trying to like convert you to their religion. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Mormons are also very nice, you know, all sorts of, you know, when they're trying to bring you into the fold, they're going to be, they're going to be so nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, church is an uh, interesting topic. <laughs> I know you want me to say I should have been strong enough to buy my lip and stay But have you seen yourself? You're spending all your money and the remnants of your head Same old same Beat your chest and grab my wrist and loudly lay your claim 
question so I can answer them wrong Cause I'm just one drink away from They say the devil's in my head Weakening the warrior who's frail and underfed And if I cast aside my sins I just might see the point in all these holy horrors Now I've been searching high and low And what it is I'm searching for, man, I don't even know And if I land on Jesus Christ I guess the church is pretty and the people sure are nice. I think the first part of the song, uh, just the, I mean, getting, I was in a really serious relationship when I was around that same age. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine being married at that age. That's such a strange, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I don't even right. think I was, I still don't even think I was a person until I was like 27-ish. Yeah. Like just a function, like, I don't even know what I was thinking until, you know, everybody's like, oh, you're 18, you're good. Like yeah. you got it figured no, out, dude. You don't know so anything. So much to learn. Yeah. No. Totally. I don't. I look back on twenty-four-year-old me. I'm like that. Like we don't even have the same brain. Yeah. Like at all. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah. Like every, so many differences. I'm so different now than I was back then, or at least I feel like I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's a strange thing. The podcast is kind of about learning how to how to write songs. Do you have any advice for up and coming writers? Up and coming people who are trying to write songs, what are like tips or tricks? What I are guess. my tips and tricks? Um, I would say my my biggest advice, if you want to be a songwriter, is have something to say and yeah. live a life that is vibrant enough that it's easy to write about. You know, mm. um, and good ideas are coming to you just through your natural life. Um, you know, I would say write just write everything down like you know be mindful of your thoughts you know be be present in your thoughts don't Mm. don't spend all your time you know looking at your phone like that is something that like i struggle with everyone struggles with is like the screen time the distractions the constant you know like learn to put that shit away and learn how to be like present in your own mind and you know see what comes to you because sometimes cool things will come to you but like if you're constantly distracting yourself, you're yeah. not going to catch them. So yeah, like, like just intentionally be, be present in your own mind and like write things down. Um, that's my advice. I mean, obviously there's so much advice, but I guess I'll just, I'll just give that. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. I like, like, you know, the, the phone is like your comfort. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to sit with discomfort for a second. Yeah. <laughs> to, see, yeah. to see what, to see what things come to you, what new ideas emerge, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. If you're constantly distracting yourself and, and keeping your mind busy with, you know, I love, I love podcasts. I love stuff like that and audiobooks and whatever, but like sometimes people just have people like to have that stuff on constantly. Cause mm-hmm. they can't like, they can't just like let their mind, exist you yeah. know without something without some story being told to them without learning some bit of information or hearing people talk or whatever yeah. um and i don't know why that is I, I think people are uncomfortable by silence or something um but it's it's i think really worth it to learn to be comfortable with silence and like spend time with yourself and your thoughts you know and your mm-hmm. ideas and and like nurture them i don't know yeah i know uh julia Cameron talks about that, that in the artist way. You ever read that book before? I've heard of it, but I've never read it. And she she talks about just not. I mean, this was probably I think it's probably in the '90s that it was written. And her big thing was like, just stop, turn off the TV, and don't read so much. Like I can't even imagine what she would have written now. Like God, <laughs> those yeah, were your two yeah. distractions back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's easy. That's easy compared to like <laughs> just the, cable TV and yeah. a and a book. <laughs> yeah, you just walk away from them. Yeah. I have another question. You said you were an English major. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like you apply that to to songwriting? Is it a different thing altogether? Oh, you know, being an English major never hurts if yeah. you're, you know, pursuing songwriting. I, I, so I got my undergrad in English uh, and then I got my um, master's in creative writing, actually. So that, that helped me a lot because I was, it was more, you know, fiction and poetry centered, but 
my the head of that department let me submit songs for like during that course um because he was just he's awesome and like knew that i wanted to write songs and he's like yeah submit these for analysis or whatever so like that actually was great um but yeah being a being a english major i think helps if you're wanting to be a writer of any sort because you know you have a pretty good grasp on the english language which you know is is obviously like you know it's handy it's handy it helps it really does help um you're writing songs in english so yeah yeah and like and if you if your writing skills are so weak you can't like write a sentence like you're gonna struggle to write a song like i just i feel that (laughs) yeah i feel like maybe that might hinder you um but also you know being an english major you're exposed to a lot of great work and great literature yeah you know high quality you know works that uh you know, to be inspired by, not that I'm super inspired by like old literature or anything like that. I'm much more of a, um, actually don't. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't, I don't know why I was an English major, to be honest. I didn't really read a lot of the shit I was supposed to read. Um, but it was, it just seemed like the only option for me at the time because I just didn't know. Yeah. That's part of the 18 to 24 thing we're talking about. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's like, yeah. How can you possibly know, you know, yeah. what, what you're even good at? You know, I, I just knew that I wanted to do music. So I was a jazz guitar major okay. having never played jazz in my life. Mm. So I just walked to, I got, I, I don't know. I went to school the first day and just got my ass handed to me because yeah. I didn't know what to do. Didn't know where to go. Yeah. Uh, the flute teacher pretty much made me cry practically. Oh my God. <laughs> it was like devastating. Um, so yeah, that's that 18 thing. Yeah. Um, I think we kind of already talked about how your writings changed over the years, how it's kind of evolved. Do you feel like you're staying in this vein that you're in? Um, where do you think you're like, that's the next album that you're kind of talking like, about? Where so do you think it's I headed? think, I think my, so my writing has, has really changed over time because, you know, my first like EP that I put out in 2016 is basically all like story based songs mm. and kind of fictional like out of their five songs I, I don't play any of them because I don't like really like them anymore um Rosalie is the one like one song I do play from that because it is like kind of based in reality a little bit um so I feel like it's worth carrying you know with me yeah. um so I, I feel like you know I, I used to write story kind of story songs and songs that, about things that were made up um and I I think like I've changed, you know, in like, I don't do that anymore. I only write about things that have happened to me in, in yeah. some way. Like I, I can kind of bend the truth a little bit, like, you know, uh, like, but like the album, honestly, like start to finish is pretty much like that all happened except for the, cool. with the exception of in my, in the one song highway, I've been on the third verse. I talk about, <laughs> I talk about, you know, moving out of the city, trying the country out for a while and then coming back. I didn't do that. That's the, that is the only thing that basically I didn't do, um, in some way or like didn't actually happen. That's cool. Um, so I like, so I, I like writing things that are true to life and things that are true to like the things that I've experienced, you know? So, so in that way, like, yeah, I I would like to stay in this vein. Um, you know, I am kind of writing, uh, you know, I I feel like I have some songs kind of in, in the works now that are maybe not so, like uh concrete like i feel like i've written i've written some like pretty concrete songs of like you hear it it's like this is what this means this is it's pretty like here it is there's not like so there's only but so much interpretation yeah you can like give so i've definitely written songs like that um but i've 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 written some more like lyrically you know um uh ambiguous yeah songs as well and i feel like i you know i've kind of done that a little bit more lately so i don't know but not that I'm trying to only do that. I like to have like a balance, you yeah. know, of songs that are like very easily digestible for people. They don't have to think too hard, but then, but are still, you know, okay. And then songs are a little more like heady. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. You remember one verse, like <laughs> one verse yeah, from that, this album. That's that the only happen. thing I made up. Whereas, you know, my first EP, that's all made up. Yeah. I didn't have, I didn't experience a single thing that I wrote about yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if that's from just like performing it and being like, oh, this wasn't really, you know what I mean? Did it just kind of feel funny to do that kind of music to you? Well, I think like I, yeah, kind of, I, 
you know, when I, when I was writing story songs, I, I felt like I really didn't, I hadn't experienced a lot of life yet. I was yeah. still very, I don't know. Not that I hadn't experienced a lot of life. I just, I don't know. I think I've experienced a lot of life in the past, like eight or nine years. And I've like been able to draw inspiration. Now you can process things. it. And, yeah. 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 It's just funny that we, the, well, both of us, but you like Bob Dylan and sometimes I don't know what, you know, I don't know if any of this stuff happened to him. Like his whole thing oh, was yeah. like, he was a made up person <laughs> in his name. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you listen to the B sides of tangled up in blue and he's like changing tenses and like changing what perspective it's from. Mm-hmm. It's like he sometimes and she the other time and I the other time. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the song you're most proud of? Oh gosh. Um, I don't know if I have one currently. Um, I don't know. That's a really, <laughs> that's a hard question. That's okay. Um, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of the collective work that is the album. I think that it like, you know, I couldn't choose just one song that is, you know, representative. I feel like they all kind of have to be there together to kind of like show, you know, like who I am as a songwriter, you know, cause yeah. it's, I like the variety, you know, I have, I have, some different styles and uh you know different different writing styles different instrumentation styles you know some of the songs on there sound more country like some sound a little like not as country like a little more like rock or a little more indie or whatever um so i don't know i don't know i don't have a song i'm most proud of i really don't i mean like i i'm i am proud of I'm proud of all the songs I've written that I've released. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, I've written a lot of songs that I've never performed and have never been released and probably never will be. Like I've, I've spent lots and lots of hours on songs. I've never seen the light of day. Um, so in order for a song to see the light of day, I have to feel, I have to feel proud of it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. What, first of all, what other bands do you play in mm-hmm. currently? Mm-hmm. And then how do you kind of, how do you, I mean, how do you like compartmentalize that? Do you like being kind of the side person, like the support person? So right now I'm actually really not in any other bands oh, okay. <laughs> other than, um, my, uh, my project is kind of the main focus right now. Um, I had been playing last year. I was in two other groups. I was playing with devil's coattails. We've kind of taken a hiatus. I don't know really what the future of that group entails. Um, and then I was playing with Brady Heck and his... Like, yeah, I saw uh, Hourglass thing yeah. with that. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he's... So, we're not really playing together this year because he's just kind of doing solo. Like, he's doing all of his solo gigs, just him. So, like, he, yeah. he's not having a backing band for whatever reason. Um, but I guess... Okay, so to answer your question about, like, do I enjoy being a side person and not a lead person... It's a lot easier. It's a lot less pressure. It's yeah. like, I still get to be a part of this thing, but like, I'm not in charge of it. And yeah. I can just kind of sit in the passenger seat and like be carted around and like, okay, cool. Yeah. Learn this melody. Cool. Like, that's pretty easy. Like, yeah. I just got to show up, you know, um, especially like with Brady's band. Um, and then, yeah, Devil's Coattails too. I mean, I had a little more ownership there because, you know, it, it was like, not just a solo person's project. It was, it was a band band. And yeah. like we did, we did some of my songs. We kind of like as a band, like rotated, it, it wasn't all Trey songs. It was, we kind of all contributed, um, to like what we were playing. So there was a little more sense of ownership with that band. Um, and that was so, you know, so fun. Um, I think I kind of am, I've learned to, I've become more particular with, with things as I've become older. Um, and I've found that sometimes I can be not controlling, but I, I kind of do like to have control. I do kind of like to be in charge because I'm like, I think this is how it should be done. And so like when I'm in charge, I'm like, I think this is how it should be done. So this is how it's going to be done. (laughs) Like I'm the one calling the shots here. And like, you know, and sometimes I think, you know, with certain songs or, you know, certain things musically, I'm like, I think that I have the best idea. And like, you know, when you're a side person, yeah, you don't really have as much of a voice. Like you can obviously express your opinion, but ultimately you're not making the call. Um, which is fine. You know, like that's fine too, to not really have to make big decisions, but you know, I, uh, I, I do kind of enjoy being in charge. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's I, I feel like it's good to, like, I'm never really, 
I'll play like in the pit band and musicals and stuff like that and kind of get mm-hmm. the same vibe like, oh, I don't have to be the center of attention. So this is yeah. nice. Yeah. And then you go back to your own, your own thing and feel like, oh, I'm back to the center of attention. I do notice when I play with other people, my rhythm gets better. Really? Like, yeah, when I play with drummers and stuff like that, I'll go back and be like, my rhythm is very strong right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm learning things. But usually by the time, at least for for musicals, by the time it's over, I'm like, this is, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to like do my own thing and like yeah. work on my own project now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know Joni Mitchell, she she paints part of the time. Mm-hmm. So she calls that like crop rotation where you go and do yeah. a different thing and like oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just to rest the other thing for oh, a while. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Gotta, like I have to have stuff like that too. Like... Cause or else you, you kind of get burned out, you know, and you have to be able to switch gears. And like, that's like when I started, um, making like bolos and like jewelry and stuff like that, that was like a pandemic thing because all the like music wasn't happening. And I was like, I needed, I needed something else to do, like something, just a different way to like express, you know, like, or just another way to be creative, you know? And like, um, so I think that is important. I think that's why so many musicians like, also have that other thing you know whether it be um you know art or you know whatever something else that they can do creatively yeah i think that's kind of what this podcast is about and even though it's still sort of music it's just like especially if you're a solo artist it i don't know it just feels kind of selfish for me sometimes like i'm I'm just tired of writing about my not lyrics but like writing my bio or like oh yeah yeah, (laughs) like promoting myself all the time oh yeah it's it's awful (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) it seems unnatural yeah oh it's totally unnatural yeah to like promote yourself in the way that we have to promote ourselves it's yeah it's ridiculous yeah like (laughs) talking about this guy again this fucking guy yeah uh yeah so so what's uh I think this will probably be one of the last last two questions here. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on borrowing from other writers? Oh, I think I think that's like a natural part of all of this, and yeah. and I, I you know, bar like borrowing meaning like like I am I can be directly inspired by like another song or another artist and like mm-hmm. take direct inspiration from it. Um, obviously, like you don't want to like directly borrow lyric i don't know there's a tactful way to borrow there's a tactful way to to like you know infuse somebody else's work or idea or the thing that has been done before you there's a tactful way to like use that and like kind of repurpose it and make it your own or or whatever um in a way that's like ethical and cool um so i think i'm all for it you know i i love i love the idea of kind of borrowing from um people of the past that have maybe already um, done something that's so awesome and you want to mm. bring it, you want to like, you know, uh, pay homage to it and like, and bring it into your kind of like world and expose it to the people that are listening to you, Yeah, you know, um, in terms of like, I don't know, covers or like, or whatever, but in terms of songwriting, um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think borrowing's cool. <laughs> well, what's, uh, what's coming up next for you? Anything you'd like to promote on here? Um, Coming up next, um, I have my next full band show is at the Camel on February 17th. We're playing with Wilson Springs Hotel. Um, I have a bunch of shows coming up. Um, I am, I have two big festivals that I'm doing this year, so I'm really excited about that. I'm doing the Floyd Fest on the rise thing, so yeah. Hoping, you know, that's like a, that's like a votey thing, which normally I'm just like, do I have to ask people to vote for me? But then I'm like, I guess I could, (laughs) you know, like votey at at the place or like, I think you can vote if you're not actually at Fest. I think Mm -hmm. it's, but like, you know, the point is to see these people play and then like, you know, vote for who you think should win. Um, I just hope everybody has a good time. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Participation trophy. Like, I don't, I don't like the competitive aspect of it, but that's just kind of what it is. So, um, so yeah, doing that, um, doing, uh, this hasn't officially been announced yet, but, uh, Bristol rhythm and roots festival down in, uh, Bristol, uh, Tennessee slash Virginia, um, with the band. So doing that. So yeah, really excited about that. Like it's, I already have like lots of kind of things. Like I have like a lot of momentum right now. I'm Mm -hmm. feeling very like, energized to you know make some things happen for myself and yeah um thinking about you know what i'm recording next and kind of how i want that to sound and what you know what creative direction i'm going towards next um so yeah like all cool stuff i guess (laughs) yeah absolutely i think having just the the momentum thing you're talking about just having a little 
a little, I don't know, just a little, little treat in the future. It just helps you. It just like propels you a little bit. Yeah. Like I was looking at June today and being like, okay, I'm going to set this week aside. Not for bar gigs, just mm-hmm. for a little like house tour or something like yeah, that. Just, yeah. just something little like that just gets you like, yes, this is cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was, I decided I was going to do like a small, like little tour, like just like a, a run of shows um, mm-hmm. in March down in, since I'm doing Floyd Fest, I'm like, I got to go play down in Roanoke. I got to go yeah. like down that, in that area. So I set up like six shows, like out, like kind of right in a row um, down in that area and through like North Carolina and that kind of evolved into, you know, it's, it's going to be really fun. So that kind of like, I don't know. Um kind of put a fire under my ass a little bit and yeah. like, I gotta, you know, I'm, I'm booking, I'm trying to like get these, these people from out of town who don't know who I am to, to book me to play, yeah. you know, like I have to, I gotta look good. I gotta make my website look so slick. I gotta yeah. like, you know, really step up my game. Um, but yeah, so totally. Yeah. I think, I feel like every gig is like, every new gig is like a new job. You pretty much are impressing a new boss every single kind of, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like I, have, I have six new bosses to impress this right. with this tour. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, thanks for talking with me today, tonight. Thanks Thanks for for, having me on. Yeah. Thanks for being so open in the stories. I love that. Yeah, no problem. I love talking about stories (laughs) and my life. So thanks for letting me ramble on about myself for so long. Yeah, no problem. It was great. (laughs) All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Big thanks to Mackenzie for taking the time to answer all, all my crazy questions and really dig deep on songwriting. If you wanted to check out her music, head over to MackenzieRourke.com. And check out our new album, Rolling High, Feeling Low. Thanks for listening to the Tools of Songwriting. Take me away from these rambling ways. I'm a traveling man, racking up the hearts that I've broke. A hundred million miles left to go. Call me anything you please I'm a shooting star Burning off the ashes I go Will I ever stop? I don't